This is Y-Tune Shuffle. Y-Tune Shuffle, it's the music that informs our lives. The rules here are that there are no rules other than just bring in your music, mm. hit play. And then we get to pick your brain about why those songs. Welcome to Y-Tune Shuffle, a celebration of the music that inspires our lives. With your host, comedian and radio personality Maggie Mayfield and Hollywood's secret weapon, David Earl Waterman. This is Y-Tunes Shuffle. The voice that you're hearing is Jimmy Gonzalez. I just know you as Jimmy G, one of the most successful karaoke guys, performers in Southern California in the Valley. And uh, David Earl Waterman, I just want to open this show with one of my favorite stories that you just told me actually the last time I saw you about your run-in with a very famous superstar. We like to call her Cher. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably oh, hands no. down like not just a drunk like a good bar story but like it's a legit amazing like chad was like oh my god make him tell that story it's so good oh my god that is hilarious <laughs> <laughs> you don't even remember telling us that do you i don't <laughs> but that's awesome. remember. I'm not, I, I, I love that we're jumping into with this story that's just, let's just no it is it's just so great so i just want to like build up just how successful this business is that you run because you on your Instagram rub elbows with lots of famous people. And it is mind blowing that you are that caliber of a DJ and entertainer. And when he runs these karaoke shows, he's like, on the you're everywhere. You are all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. I like to be, you know, with the people. I don't like just to be on stage. Look at me. I want the people, whoever's performing to be, you know, have the spotlight you know yeah that's the way that's the way i roll yeah so yeah but the that that uh, the party with Cher, <laughs> it was actually not for her it was actually for her friend well i guess like a really good friend who was uh apparently um he was an interior decorator and uh it was his birthday party and i'll give you a little backstory on that uh i had it was my very first uh event for a pretty big event company and so they said, hey, do you have country music and all this stuff? And I was like, yeah, I got country music. I can do it. And, you know, they need a DJ and karaoke and all the whole package. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. So I didn't know what I was getting into. I'm like, yeah, they want you to dress up in the whole thing. So I, I did, you know, jeans and, you know, whatever shirt and a cowboy hat. So pretty simple. Um, so, yeah, then these people started pouring in. I started seeing, like, LeVar Burton. I saw, like, Stacey Dash. And then, like, you know, people are, I'm playing music and then, People are mingling and cocktailing, and, and then I see Cher, and I'm like, "Whoa, what? This is awesome!" <laughs> oh. So, um, yeah, you know, and the party's you know going on, and you know she sits kind of close to where I am stationed at in this restaurant in Beverly Hills, and um, <laughs> you know they, they said, "Okay, we want the karaoke to start at a certain time." Like, you know, we wanted to start. You know, we want cocktails for this amount of time. Then we want karaoke and then we want dancing. Okay. So it came time for karaoke. So I don't know many country songs. So I just thought of like Chris Isaac, Wicked Game. It's country-esque. It's got like a country-esque flavor. So I started singing that for karaoke to just kind of break the ice with karaoke. And uh, I'm singing. I'm kind of singing at the low of Allen because people are still talking, but I'm kind of introducing it. And um, as I'm singing, I, I look up, I see Cher from the corner of my eye and she's... Uh, She's looking at me and she's like, oh, my God, I thought it was the radio. And so I hear her say that. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is cool. And then 
I got like cold chills all over my body because then I know because yeah. I have shares undivided attention. <laughs> and so I'm just like, okay. Um, yeah, so, you know, the night progresses and people start doing karaoke and then it goes into the dance party and everybody's dancing. And then from time to time, I see Cher, like, you know, kind of looking at me every now and then. I'm just kind of like, mm. and was she taking me out? Is she checking me out? And I'm like, no. I'm like, shut up, Jimmy. There's no way she's checking you out. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And, you know, and I'm, but at a part of me, I'm like, you know, I think she is checking me out. I think she is, but okay, whatever. <laughs> so, and then I catch her every now and then just, you know, good glimpses. Interesting. So the party goes without a hitch. It goes insane. You know, everybody's dancing. Everybody's having a great time. That night ends on an amazing note. At the end of the night, the birthday boy comes up to me afterwards and like, you know what? He gave me, you know, awesome tip and, at the end he's like you know what we're gonna have an after party at the house you know why don't you come over and i said oh i appreciate it uh you know but you know because he, he's gay he's an interior you know interior designer so i thought he was trying to hey get with you and like yeah. i'm trying to politely find a way to hey uh, you know, I'm not, uh... and he's like no 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 not for me uh the reason i'm asking is because uh share uh was asking about you and uh I think you should come over. And I was like, whoa, what? And I'm kind of like, in, in the back of my mind, I'm like, I knew it. See? <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, whoa, okay. So I just did this big gig for this big company. And this is my very first event for them. And I don't want to mess that up. Oh, my and God. I had recently you know, moved in with somebody. And I'm like, I don't want to mess that up. So I'm like, and she and, and I'm like, oh, that's very nice. I appreciate it. But, I, you know, I don't think it's a good idea. And she's like, no, no, no. And the birthday was kind of drunk. And, he, and he's like, I don't think you understand. I really, really think you should come by. Because Cheryl's asking about you. And, uh, yeah, that's all I got to say. But you should go. You need to go. <laughs> and I was just like, wow. This it was unbelievable. So um, I had to, at the end of the day, respectfully decline. And then, yep. Well, <laughs> almost. We almost. What was my favorite part, though, is like, I think you, you mentioned to Chad and I at the bar that night, you were like, well, you know, I told my boss about it later. And he was like, you totally should have gone. You totally should have gone. Yeah, I told, I did tell him later, like later, later. Like, actually, yeah, that, like a couple you know, of days later. You you know, I, I there are so it's in poker when you've got a good hand, you got sure. what they say is a lot of outs, and that sure. story has nothing but outs because you come up a winner no matter what you did that night. <laughs> you know, sure. if you had gone, there would have been like, and then you turned down share, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. You win Trust on me. every level. You come out on top. And, uh, you know, the professionalism behind that is what really resonates with me because you handled it like a pro, you know, Thank not you. like a star guy. That's an amazing story. Yeah. You know, but, you know, in hindsight, if I could turn back time. <laughs> you had to. He had to. He had to go there. Uh, so, tell, yeah. so are you from Southern California originally? Yeah, born and raised in L.A., one of the few, you know, I was born at UCLA. Yeah, I'm a native of L.A. You're a um, unicorn, as we call you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, 
because you know I get, we get a lot of bad a bad rap you know because like oh people from LA I'm like no real people from LA are cool mm-hmm. but you know there's a lot of people that come from uh, other places in, in the in the states and then they give us a bad name because they're trying to be all you know in the biz and whatever I've been out here I've been out here twenty up on twenty four years and I'm so grateful that my career is not just show business. In fact, in all reality, show business represents probably 25% of what I've been able to accomplish. There's been good years in it, but I've mostly yeah. worked social services and in education. Mm. So I've got to, I, I know Carson, I know Hawthorne, I know East LA, I know the Valley, I know Pacoima, yeah. I know Santa Clarita, and I've lived in these areas, Arlita, and I drive Uber. Nice. And uh, I do <clears throat> I do an Uber for like five years to make yeah. ends meet. And uh, L.A., I've been all over the world, Jimmy. And I'm not saying that to brag. Yes, I am. I'm Hollywood. No. I've been, everything I say is a brag about me. But I have literally <laughs> traveled the world. And L.A., you know, stands above and beyond. It's a great, great city. And it's amazing. You're from here. That's that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I love the city like crazy, and, and trust me, I, I've been to a lot of cities around the world, and you know, it's just there's no other city like it. Even though it's not the biggest, it's not the, it's just even the, our skyline is small compared to like New York, and whatnot, yeah. but it's just it's just my is, city, you know. Is there know. a like a treasure in LA that you can think of? Like most people <clears throat> come here and they're like, oh, the Hollywood sign, the Walk of Fame, the the pier, right? They're like, oh, the the cool touristy thing. Like, is there? Something right. about LA that you're like, yep, this is home. This is what makes me think of home. Every time I go here or do this thing, this is yeah, food. <laughs> yeah, the pantry downtown LA. That's yeah, like, that's now that we're in this quarantine, like I'm like, oh god, I wish I can go get some some of that pantry breakfast. Yeah, or like their pancakes, their sourdough. Just like the breakfast is insane. Is that the 24 hour? The, <clears throat> that's the diner that's kind of on that yeah. corner of okay. Yeah, it's on Ninth and Figueroa. And yeah. They've never been closed. Like I've been going there since I was five, you know. So it's just I it's just a staple of LA for me. I want the pancakes. Yeah. Oh, they're so good. Mm. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, and they, they don't have locks on their door. You know, they never been they don't close. Right. So like it's crazy now, you know. What do they do? Yeah. At first yeah. time ever, first time ever they closed. Yeah. They're not even doing like sort of open <clears throat> pickups curbside I, I don't know i don't know exactly but i'm assuming that you know they said that only restaurants that with uh drive-thrus are open but oh. then there's uh you know pizza places but i don't know they usually they don't have delivery but maybe uber eats i don't know i'd have to check yeah yeah but it's kind of far for me so the pantry you know, it's, not, it's not fresh you know because they're in downtown la and i'm in the valley mm-hmm. you know so by the time it gets here the pantry represents what you love about LA and growing up in LA. I mean, just food. I mean, if I think, because other than tourist attractions, yeah. you know, you got to think about the food, you know what I mean? I, the food that you could only get in LA, mm-hmm. you know, those are the, you know, like Tommy's and, you know, Lucy's Tommy. and the old school. Yeah. Yeah. Just that's only LA, like pinks and stuff like that. Oh my God. Yeah, Have for- you really ever waited in line for a pink's dog? Really? <laughs> Well, yeah, because like, you know I, I'm a DJ, so uh, you know they're they're open late, so I'll go there afterwards and yeah, yeah go. That's the after party sometimes. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. For me, Los Angeles has, and I'm sure this is true in many ways for many cities, um, 
but there's visuals in LA that are, you know, so diversely unique, you know, where, where you can travel like eight city blocks and be in eight completely different places in the span of yeah. five. I, cause I was out of, I, for a lot of years, I traveled a lot. And so LA was where I came home for vacation. And it was, it would always hit me like a ton of bricks. It's, it's cool, man. It's cool. Very cool city. Absolutely. Love yeah. no city like it. I know. Well, Jimmy G, you are one of the most high energy people that I know. And I'm so excited to hear more about you through your music. So let's dive in, shall we? This is your song number one. <laughs> Good one. Vicente Fernandez. It's called El Rey. Yes. Yeah. I, it's amazing. Why? Tell us. Yeah. Where do you go with it? Yeah, this song uh, is number one song on there because uh, it reminds me of my grandmother who raised me. Yeah. And uh, so my I... grandmother was from Mexico and she didn't speak English, but she would always be singing. Always, like when she washed dishes, when she's cooking, when she's doing anything, she was just always singing. And she had a great voice, but she just, uh, I would just watch her and listen to her and then learn the songs. And that's one of the first songs that I ever learned. And since, you know, my, my mom worked and my grandmother raised me, I spoke Spanish only for the first, like, you know, six, seven years of my life. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and then that song, uh, I learned it, and every time there was a party, like a you know gathering, a family get get together, or any kind of party that they would take me to, they would say, "Sing it," you know. They would have me sing in front of the, all the crowd, and I was like, "Yeah," you know. Yeah. And I love the applause, and I love you know because I was like three, four years old singing this really powerful song, and I had you know good pitch back then too. I guess music so was just always a you know part of me, and uh, so yeah and so that's yeah they would just take me around everywhere and just have me performing for people and i loved it and i've been what's singing your, ever since how do you what's your name celia celia is that how you called her mm -hmm. do you call her like Gigi or no i called her mama celia mama celia so was she the one that emigrated or was it your parents and are you first born yeah so yeah my my, my grandfather was born in the u.s and he met my grandmother in mexico while he was out there, he started a business and then, you know, he brought her back. So she's a native of Mexico, but he brought her here, you know, and her and the kids, you know, over here, which are my mom and my aunt, my uncles. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's, yeah, that's the story with that. Where, where did you? And that song is like, you know, every time I hear that song, it just kind of, you know, reminds me of her. So yeah. and my history with that. What was your mom doing while um, <clears throat> Mama Celia was raising you? She worked. Yeah, she worked at the LA Times. Wow. She was secretary. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm hmm So your connections yeah. in this town run deep. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about... Yeah, and then later, like, you know, in life, I would do a, a, a party where the, ma uh, the mayor was there. I got a picture with the mayor somewhere like Villarregosa. Yeah. Wow. When he was mayor. Yeah. What are the what are your family gatherings like now? What is what happens? Like whose house do you I go mean, to? Is it like kind of move or is it always at someone's place? And 
you know. Yeah, we usually have it at either two houses because I mean I live in LA in an apartment, so I can't really have it here. Mm-hmm. And that's what kind of sucks about LA. You know, you have, you have to buy a house that's like you know super crazy expensive. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe someday down the line. But right now, I'm just saving up my my chips. You know, but right now we have our our family gatherings at my aunt's house, mm-hmm. which is in like West Covina area, Covina Hills, and then my my cousin, my cousin who lives in Palm Springs, will have it at his house. Because most of my family live in Palm Springs now. And are you in charge of something? So So when they're like, yeah, we're having a party, like, oh, Jimmy, we know you're going to bring chips and guac, or we know you're going to bring the tunes, or you're going to bring, what are you in charge of? Yeah, I'm the, I'm the tunes guy always. Always tunes, yeah. I'm the tunes, the party, yeah. DJ, (laughs) when somebody turns up, I do milestones, you know, I do the milestone parties, you know, like 18th birthday party or graduation or stuff like that, or like somebody big turns 30 or, you know, I'm not going to do every year, obviously, but you know, I'll, (laughs) I'll do the big ones and then I'll come out and we'll do fun stuff. I'll think of, you know, fun, different things to do for the parties, you know? So, yeah. And I love it. I love it. Yeah. You know, I love my family. So it's, it keeps us together because, you know, sometimes it's like hard with the families, you know, like, ah, just like everybody just like, you know, put the beef away and let's just have fun for the day. And then, Next thing you know, they're like making up and everybody's having fun. So yeah. I love that. Yeah. Is that unique to Mama Celia and you, or is the family musical kind of in on your mom's side, your dad's side, whatever it was, music a big part of your family? No. Yeah. It was just my, my grandma, my grandmother. She just loved the old Spanish tunes. Yeah. My mom's, she can't sing very well. She likes to, but she can't sing at all, <laughs> but I love her. But she, when she does karaoke, she'll go all all out, and I love that. Yeah, that's what it's about. It's not about being a sing good; it's you know just having fun. Hell you yeah! Know? But oh, she she's like that. But she's not blessed with her mom's voice. Oh, yeah. Mom had the voice. Yeah. When we got I want to do karaoke at your show, man. I mean, I oh, I'm that'd just, be awesome, man. I, I would love that. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's a lot of yeah. fun. It's a lot of fun. Chad and I have a lot of fun. Actually, uh, what's really fun is. Um, Chad Ridgely, a former guest. Obviously, we talk about him a lot on the show because I am dating him. And you guys uh, are in a band called Black Attack. And he... <laughs> Jimmy? yeah, Jimmy was in that. And so um, he, you guys, what are the names of the songs? It always escapes me. Only because it makes me uncomfortable every time I say it. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy's like, I'm not saying it either. It's like, what are the names? Okay, you want me to say it? Okay. 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 <laughs> The first one was called Hot Lesbians Making Out While Smoking and Tied Up and Fighting. It's a long one. It's a very long one. <laughs> but basically, the, I'm sure you've, you know, he talked about it, what happened mm-hmm. in the song. Mm-hmm. That's like yeah. a, So basically, we just. He like, yeah. he Googled, he's like, what are the top three things that people are Googling right now? And that was the name of the song. But what's so funny to me about yeah, it is like. Bar, we're talking about. I listened to that song and like the first thing, it's obviously like your first song. <laughs> Chad's like, yeah, you know who this is. But then like, maybe I think it's the big booby song. The first song. Yeah. You know who this is? Like, no, we don't. We don't. But keep going. Uh, exactly. That's but then the, I think it's the other one that you guys sing a lot together at your show. Yeah. Big boobies on blondes, brunettes, or redheads. <laughs> it's so <laughs> You know, we're a comedy group. We never took ourselves seriously, obviously. How did you guys... You know, we're called Black Attack. Right. How did you guys we meet? a bunch of white guys. Well, you know, two white guys and a Latino. 
and you know you know with the culture like you know hip-hop you know thinking that they're black so that's what they call themselves that and, and the very first uh the first song you know it's just it's a it's hilarious because you know oh yeah here we go you know back again like what what this is the very first song yeah yeah so there's like already... little subtle subtleties in there how did you how did you guys just... wind up meeting and coming up with it like how did you how did you guys meet well we met at my karaoke nights all of okay us. yeah yeah okay yeah that's it me hosting throughout the valley i don't know exactly which bar it was i don't know if it was pats or if it was the barrel or it was one of them you have to ask chad yeah you know what yeah (laughs) super great first song you good i'm good we have two macs and one charger so i had to surrender my charger i totally get it david is hosting a birthday party this evening for his beautiful brazilian family and his stepdaughter is turning 20 very cool yeah Ah, all right congratulations you want to talk about you want to talk about dancers uh david just got married last september and your whole new side of the family was like yep we don't need alcohol we're gonna have a great time dancing and eating it was really fun to watch it was so fun well like all of david's side was like i like the wall (laughs) this is nice over here (laughs) yeah all right here we go this is your (laughs) song number two to guide me far and shine me home I all my own Beautiful. Irene Cara, yeah, where does that take you? Yeah, 1980. So basically, the story with that, that's that reminds me of my mom. My mom, you know, had the soundtrack. You know, I used to dance to, you know, the soundtrack that she would put on Fame and all that, you know, it was yeah. awesome. Yeah. And then when that song would come on, I would cry. Oh, yeah! Don't cry, Jimmy. It moved me because it was so, it was yeah. moving, and so my mom was like, "Oh my god!" At first, and then later she just, you know, tested it and just started playing with my emotions, <laughs> and she would do it just to see if I would cry again with my aunt. My my aunt and her are like super close in age, and they would play it to see if I would cry, and I would, every time. So like clockwork, and then they would laugh a little bit because they were kind of you know, twisted like that, I guess, a little bit. Uh, but yeah, they would play it and I would cry every time because it would move me. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's, an, that's an absolutely amazing way for a child to get in touch with their emotions. I'm, I'm, I'm a tree hugger. I'm a save the whales person. I've worked with kids <laughs> most of my life in some capacity. But for a child to learn an emotion through through song, do you recall if it if you were able to to was it just the feeling that you would get or was that feeling connected to loss or missing something in your life? No, it wasn't connected to any loss or anything. It was just connected to the, 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 I guess the melody, the the music in itself, you know, because actually, and I would talk about it with my grandmother. My grandmother passed away, by the way, Mama Celia, but uh, I would try to get stories from her and she would tell me like, you know, stuff when I was a baby and, you know, she, you know, she's Catholic. So she would take me to Catholic church. She's like, you would cry when they start doing beautiful songs at church wow. when you're a baby. You were connected. Like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it goes deep. Yeah. The yeah. connection goes further back. I thought that that was my first musical. She's like, no, you were, when you're a baby, we, you know, you would cry. And then when the music would come out only, yeah. when like, you know, it had to be like a, a pretty song, not like you were afraid, you know, it was like, cause there wasn't like, you know, sudden music. It was like eased in, but it was beautiful. And, 
you would only cry with those. And I was like, wow. You know what? That's just like so many times we're apt to say that a person with musical talent has a gift. But a person who can respond and be aware of their response to music has to understand that's a gift too. I mean, how many bodybuilders who get pumped up on a song, you know, get that emotion from it? That's a gift. If you don't get charged by music in one way, shape, or form, and it's like to have that kind of a, a reaction, I mean, people need to recognize, in my humble opinion, or not so humble, that that's a gift that music can touch you like. Thanks. I never thought yeah. of that. Thank you, man. Yeah. I want to. Yeah, sh- I just. Yeah, and I, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to tell you a little bit about Irene Carr because I I research all the songs that you send me and a little bit about the artists, and I found this fascinating because I don't know much about her other than like fame. <laughs> That's it. Um, but right, she she was at three years old, one of the five finalists for something called the Little Miss America pageant at the age of three. Okay. And then she decided that she wanted to learn to play piano. So she just started playing by ear at three. And then by the age of five, she was like, I need to take this more seriously and started studying <laughs> for real <laughs> and had her first performances Jeez. on Sp- Spanish language TV in Brooklyn. Yeah. At five, wow. she was like, I need to take this more seriously. <laughs> wow. Right. What a badass. Yeah, I, totally. I had the same experience with my GI Joes because I would like have my GI Joes set up. And then when I got like six, I'm like, I got to take this more seriously. And I shot my cousin, but I don't really want to, I'm kidding. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm not a comedian. Now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good All right. Me. Again. Sorry. Okay. I won't. All right, here we go. There's your song number three. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you a special news bulletin from our on-the-spot passport. Thinking of a master plan. All right, introduce this. Paid in full, Eric B. and is it That's Ra- right. Rakeem? Say nothing but sweat inside. That's one of the most prolific hip-hop intros of all time. Oh, my God. Yeah. Why did you pick this song? So, why? Because it cemented my love for hip-hop. It moved me because it was this new thing. Like, I... I was living in L.A., right? And uh, we had a radio station called KDAY back in the day. You still do. It was AM radio. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so it was AM back then. And uh, you had to wake up super early to hear these uh, songs, these hip-hop songs that wasn't on the radio. And so I'd get up earlier to go to get ready for school and listen to these hip-hop songs. And this hip-hop station and these... I remember the... His name was Bobby Jimmy, uh, was the name of the, uh, the uh, you know, the MC of yeah. the radio station. And uh, he would play these songs. And I, apparently KDAY was the very first 24 hours a day hip-hop station in the country. Yeah. So I would listen to these hip-hop, like Fat Boys. And uh, I heard Public Enemy there. I heard, uh, you know, N.W.A., Easy E, like all those like old school legends, mm-hmm. and uh, of course Eric B. Rock him. But uh, that I would just I think along the along the way um, that song because there was so, so many elements that were involved with that song. Mm-hmm. There's like movie clips. There's uh, the sampling from the drum, the drum samples. The bass is from a song from the seventies. And there's just so many elements that I was listening to. And I would listen to it over and over and over and over. And that's when I learned like what sampling is and hip hop and DJing. Because there's scratching in there. And then lyricism by, you know, Rakim was just, is just insane. Yeah. Uh, and so, and I'm like in 1987, 
you know, just blown away. And I, I remember listening to this over and over and over and over. And, just, and it was on a, a soundtrack from a movie. I think it's called Colors. Yes, it was. Yeah, yes, it was Ice Tea. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. Yeah. And so I listened oh, to that soundtrack. And that song was just because that song had been done before. And then it was a remix. And so that's the, the remix is the one that, that kind of would fell into my spirit somehow. And just, yeah. So that's part of my being. Like that song is just everything. What was and that's what cemented my love for hip hop. I gotta hear the nugget on this, Maggie. This is such an iconic song. Oh. What you find is an um they made this whole album in a week. And actually Rakim, when he hears this, he's like, I hate it because um he had a habit of just writing the words like in the studio and then he would yeah. just read it. He's like, I'm not rapping and he just he he's like, I hate this <laughs> hearing it. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah. yeah. But everyone else is like, ah, oh, you're like, God. And he's like, Ooh. everybody. Ooh. Like, you know, you look, Eminem, mm-hmm. I mean, the best rappers of all time, like, they give homage. Like, to that song is just, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. What was, um, what was, what was school like for you growing up? Did you like going to school? Uh, uh it was rough. I mean, you know, we lived in a really nice neighborhood, a nice house, mm-hmm. but we lived in, back in the, in the 80s, you know, there was like a lot of turf kind of stuff going on like 18th street i lived in the pretty much in the, in the i lived on the border of 18th street and ms those are the two biggest gangs in la and now in the country like back then they were just like developing and there was like a war and so i would have to pick a side you know i'm a kid going to school like sixth grade fifth yeah. grade even and like where are you from and i'm like well, i'm i'm from elementary school i don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah and so, you know, I developed comedy as a element of kind of getting away from that. But sometimes you just had to fight because there's just there's no way out of it. Yeah. So yeah, there was a lot of you know, it was rough. But you know, it you know, you it made me grow to to uh, to learn you know from the hood. And then when we moved to Palm Springs after that, because it, it got too rough, and my mom is like, you know what, we got to get out of LA. Yeah. And so seventh grade, I moved to Palm Springs where there was just like nothing. Golf. It sucked. Yeah. Really. From going to LA to Palm Springs was terrible. The eighties there was nothing to do in Palm Springs. It was like like I would take, you know, the bus from my house to I'm like twelve years old going to the beach by myself. From my Palm friends. Springs? No, 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 no. In LA. Oh, I was like, and then what? When I went to Palm Springs, there was nothing. There's no beach in Palm Springs. Like, yeah. <laughs> we had everything here in LA. I mean, I can ride my bike to downtown LA. I can take the bus down to the beach, play video games. Like and I lived like uh maybe a couple miles from USC. Mm-hmm. And so we'd go down down to the it's village, ice cream, and check out the girls. There you go. It was great. It's but amazing. there's nothing in Palm Nothing. Yeah. For a teenager. He, we moved in the summer, too, which sucks. Oh, my God. Yeah. Who was, uh, who was your best friend? Who's my best friend? Who was in, in high school, elementary in, school, oh, those Palm days, Springs? I, yeah. I had a gang. It was kind of like, there was a gang of us. There was like, you know, like six of us. Mm-hmm. There were like so uh, Stranger Things kind of thing, like you know, in yeah. the movie It kind of thing. Yeah, those those things stand by me. You know, just you just grew up with these guys. You know, we went to kindergarten, first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade. Yeah, you know, we we learned how to ride bikes together. We we would always just go out. We finish our homework so we can go hang out with our friends. Yeah, and you know, go ride bikes or skateboards or whatever. We'll play, play basketball. I go to the beach. That's know? so valuable what you just said. You'd finish your homework so you could hurry up and go outside and ride bikes. 
I don't think that's like a work ethic thing that kids are taught anymore. That's what my mom said. She was like, you're going to do your homework as soon as you get home from school. It's your full-time job, just like me, right? So the sooner you get done, then you can go play and enjoy your night. Yep. That's amazing. Yeah. Which is yeah. why you're successful now because you have that drive to run your own business and you're everywhere. You are everywhere. Literally. Thank you. How are you handling uh, quarantine? Are you doing online parties at all? Or I was, you know, I, I started doing some face Facebook uh, live parties, but uh, I got kicked off, you what? know, because of oh, copyright, yeah. copyright stuff. Yeah. I get cop, you know, so the, you know, and so it would next thing you know, cut off my entire feed. And then like, I'm, I, I went from like, you know, I don't know, 50, 60 people, you know, listening and, you know, commenting to nothing. Mm-hmm. And they're like, whoa, copyright, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, no. And I did it like a couple of times, but then it's kind of like, it got discouraging. And I know there's other platforms, but I've been just, uh, you know, focusing on, you know, educating myself now. That's what I've pretty much been doing now. You've got this really cool thing going on your Instagram too, David, and I encourage you to follow because he does like today in music or today in history. And then he does like a bunch of clips of these songs that either came out today or, or artists that were born. And then he goes right into movies like this came out today and plays a little bit of the video. It's really cool (laughs) to watch. It's really cool. Yeah. Thank It's kind of like a little mini TV station. I don't know. Like, and I was a kid. I used to, you know, have the things. Oh, the Jimmy G show started. Jimmy G with special guest stars. Jimmy G, you know, <laughs> when I was a kid. <laughs> you know? Now it happens. It's just kind of like that's what it is. You know? So now I have my uh, TV segment, you yeah. know, old school TV segment, and then I have my today and today and music. Yeah. Which probably like I did that today too. Like yeah. today, uh, April twenty second, nineteen sixty seven. Hey, love by Stevie Wonder came out. Yeah. debuted yeah. um and then uh april 22nd 1973 bill withers lovely day debuted. Oh, lovely day. Lovely day. Cool. yeah nice. wow and then 2000 you know like and then i like anything from the 80s that's when i posted anything from the 80s and the 90s the songs that came out that day were for this day you know what i mean oh yeah because i have uh books of charts the charts of you know yeah. 60s 70s 80s 90s like every song that came out yeah so that's how I can do it. Do you know yeah. the number one song when you were born? Do you happen to know? Do either of you know? I think, yeah, it's Afternoon Delight. Oh. <laughs> Don't find my baby gun holder tight. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was a preteen. Yeah, I was starting to have <laughs> yeah. the, the wet yeah. dream. So like yeah, towards the end of the weekend, I think, like, you know, Disco Inferno was like, I don't know. That's hilarious. Like that, yeah. Do you know yours, David? I, I don't, but I should look it up. No, that's okay. Mine was, yeah. uh, I only know this because my dad talks about it all the time, but it was the, the stalker song from the police. Um, I'll be watching you. Was the, oh, yeah, was I'll be watching one. you. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Ooh, great song. I, I know mine is a Beatles song. Yeah, I know it's a Beatles song, but nice. I can't remember it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, cool. So like, you, you go into what's the number one song when you were born. That's the question, right? Yeah. 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 So like, does that have to be the month? Like, it, it it happens every week, and that's why I broke it down. Okay. Every week it changes. So, um, yeah. so your week, the, the week you're born. I'm born in July too, so I was born July fifth. So okay. I look at the week of July fifth, okay. and what song that was number one that day I was born, that week I was born. So, which is the day? Yeah. Uh, Hard Siri. days night. That's the song. Hard days night is your song. Hard days night. Hard days night. Hey, great song. I just looked that's it up. One of the- and that's been the story of my life. <laughs> that was fun. That was kind of a neat find. I love that. 
Oh, yeah, yeah like... I, I do all kinds of crazy stuff like that. Like I, in my Spotify, I have all my ages from I have from the time I was 12 months in my mom's womb. Mm-hmm. I have the songs from that. Wow. I have songs from zero from being born to 12 months Here. in another list. And then from one. So I can go back and listen to songs when I was six. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I, rem- I remember where I was. And it kind of goes back. My memory goes back. Yeah. In high school, like I have all my high school. So I have all my ages. And then when I started hitting school, seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, tenth, you know, you and then I can go like back in music. Music Jimmy, encyclopedia. Shuffle needs you because yeah. every guest we have for now, we got to say, when were you born? I know. What? Is it? And then we got to <laughs> lock you in and say, well, it's yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> to tell you all about the song that was playing. Oh. See, the show is growing. You're a perfect <laughs> fit for this. And it's no surprise I, to me. You're love to. serious. <laughs> I asked my mom, what was the first song that came into my ears and after I was born? Because my mom, that's where I really got my love for music from my mom. Because she was playing all kinds of music when we were growing up and blah, blah, blah. But it was um, I Get Around by the Beach Boys was the first song that went. Nice. Neat. I, was, I love yeah, that. Yeah, I get that's around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that song. All right, here we go. This is your song number four. I pray you'll be alright and watch us where we go. All right, talk about this song. Why did you Why did you pick this one? For For a multitude of reasons. Um, it's beautiful. First of all, I mean Andrea Bocelli. Yeah. Is fire. You know, <laughs> he's got a voice of an angel. So when I first heard Conte Partido, like, yeah, I was going to like try to distinguish which one is which, but then you tied it to like a memory. When I saw him, I saw him perform that live, um, the prayer. And then I saw, I just loved the song so much. And then seeing all the success that it had, like on, you know, the Grammys and at the Oscars, it won both. Uh, it was just unbelievable because I loved that song so much. So I was rooting for it with all my being. So I remember like how much I, that song meant to me just then. And then seeing him in concert do it, it was just insane. And then um, early in life, I was a, I was a bellman at a hotel at the Ritz Carlton. Cool. Yeah. And Palm Springs. It's actually Palm Desert, but you know, so I checked in Celine Dion. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So it was just like insane. We used to get celebrities all the time, but, Celine Dion's there, and I got, it was my turn, and I got to help Celine Dion, you know, check her into her room, and her husband at the time, mm-hmm. you, know, she, you know, he, they were amazing, they're just amazing people, and, uh, you know, we went to the room, and she's like, can you help me unpack, because we're going to be there for a while, because they were like, next to the Nabisco Golf Classic or something, mm-hmm. so, She's like, yeah, I'll help you on, you know, I'll help you unpack. Sure. You saw like, yeah, Celine cool. Dion's unmentionables. So... <laughs> <laughs> no, just her hanging up gear. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm hanging up close for her and we're both in the closet. This is a huge walk-in closet. Wow. And I'm hanging up close with Celine Dion and um, we're talking. She's like t- asking me, you know, so what's a good restaurant? Whatever. And we're just having a small talk and I'm just, oh my God. Totally talking to Celine Dion. So yeah. Keep, keeping my composure. Um, yeah, you know, just small talk, and then I go, you know what? I, it's crazy. I just saw um, the prayer, and I was like, how much I love the song, and everything. She's like, oh yeah, and then I kind of like 
you know, I'm humming it a little bit as I'm putting stuff away. And she starts humming with me at the party. Wow. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Wow. You got to be kidding me. You got to sing yeah. with Celine Dion. I'm like, humming with Celine Dion, the same song. This is just the greatest wow. thing ever. <laughs> you can't, you know? you can't stop. A, that, so yeah. I'm like, Dude, I'm, that, that happens to you because you love, I'm convinced just knowing you by video that that kind of stuff happens to you because you love it and that comes to you. That's yeah, it. just like I put so much, like just, I don't know, everything's just, and then so me singing in the closet with Celine Dion, a little, just a little portion of uh, the prayer and along with, you know, rooting for it so much and then how, you know, influence, and just, it's just, um, and every time that I hear it in the live version and how they're just like, perfect you know perfect the intonation that and they hold it at the end and it just kind of makes it always brings me chills it's like never not you know i never not get chills when i hear that song yeah it's just epic it's so epic what a great story what a great story <laughs> is there um <laughs> i saw a meme the other day where it was like sometimes i play a song over again because it didn't hurt me enough the first time through <laughs> you know we're like <laughs> And I was like, I get that. Like, I'll play my guitar, and I'm like, yeah, I didn't cry. I didn't, I didn't feel it enough, so I have to like do it all over again. I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I don't feel it deep enough, right? Uh, and for me, that song is uh, Tim McGraw's "Just to See You Smile." You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. god! As soon as they get to the part where he's like, he's like, I knew what you wanted, you know, when you came walking up to me with him, and I said I was happy for you, something, something. But every time I'm like, <laughs> I can't. Is there a is there music that does that to you now? That sense of uh, like, like when you were a baby enjoying that beautiful Catholic music and church and, and just being overwhelmed with the sense of like, wow, this is beautiful. Cause to me, as you're telling that story with Celine Dion, I was like, Ooh, okay, hold it, hold it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, Jeff Buckley, mm-hmm. Jeff Buckley, uh, some of his stuff that is just unbelievable. Uh, you know his, his album Grace. That album I just listen to it all all the time. It's just something that just always moved me. Like last, this is our last goodbye, and like they're like, oh god, mm-hmm. you know. I remember, I think in high school, like for me, the song uh, "I Can't Make You Love Me." Oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, you're trying to be a tough kid. Yeah, you're like, what is this wuss music? And then just like. You listen to what she's saying. You're like, oh God! Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, Jesus, this is... no, someone's cutting onions. What's going on? I know, here? but like, you love it. You're like, I don't know why, but like, I want to hear it again. <laughs> yeah, you just you feel the yearning and longing, and you're just, oh God! <laughs> In a really cool. I was gonna cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Do you have? A, is there music like that for you, David? Where you're like, it didn't oh, hurt me enough. Black crows. She talks to angels. You know, it's that. Oh yeah, yeah. She talks to angels, and I, I have like a buffet of of songs that are reflective and and bring up emotions. It's like going to when I go to Sizzler, I know I'm gonna get you know the chicken wings. I know I'm gonna get one per, like Caesar salad. You know, I know my favorites, and so talk to angels is definitely gonna be. And uh, there's a place for us from West Side Story when mm-hmm. Anita. Is uh, and Maria are singing it together. Not Tony and Maria, but Anita and Maria, the sisters. Mm. Um, I had a love, and it's all that I had, right or wrong. What? <laughs> I, I know all yes, of it. There is, yeah. Story. 
Yeah. And it goes on. Why? We're adults. We're normal. It's fine. This is sick. This is a sick vibe, man. And and this <laughs> No, yeah. I don't want this to end. Right. Five yeah. now. I, I could know. go forever. All right, well I'm sad to say this is your song number five. Sometimes you wanna go where everybody knows your name And they're always glad you came And this blows my mind This LA this LA kid picks this song I can't even Everybody knows your name now Jimmy Gunza Oh no Why tunes connection we're having right now Well first of all just it reminds me of my childhood you know being a kid and the TV's on, you know, you're, you're, you're getting late night cereal, you're eating cereal and you just, and then that song comes on like, Oh, cool. Cheers on, you know, kind of that song is, you know, iconic. And uh, so that, that part, and my mom loved cheers and, you know, so there's that. And then fast forward later to when I started DJing and doing parties for, for celebrities, I ended up doing a party for Kelsey Grammer. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> And throughout the years, I had done like maybe maybe three parties for him at that point. Mm-hmm. I've done probably maybe 12 parties for him as now. I've done, I do his New Year's Eve parties, his Christmas parties, you know, pretty awesome. He's great. That's because um, you're great. You're but great. I think the third, the third year, oh, thanks. The third year, uh, I f- worked up the guts to ask him to see if, you know, I feel like we're, you know, close and we're, and uh, I'm like, hey, was it, you know, we're having a great night. You know, Tim, you got Tim Allen's in the room, Sylvester Stallone, you know, John Voight, all these like awesome, awesome guys. And the vibe is just amazing. We're like, we're coming to the end of the night. And I'm like, what am I going to end the night with? And then I asked him if it's okay. I go, you mind if I sing the Cheers theme song with you? I mean, you want, if, if I sing it, I mean, would you, and you want, you want to sing it with me? And he's like, no, but you, you, you can, you, you just, you, you can go ahead. And I'm like, okay, yeah, no, that'd, that'd be great. And as soon as you hear the piano at the beginning, everybody's like, oh my god, they're like, the whole <laughs> place lights up. Yeah, they're like, yeah. And then his wife, and I started singing, right? His wife kicked, like, like pushes him, and she's, and he's singing, and he's like, no, okay. And I, he, she makes him get up, and he kind of like wants to get up too. You can see that he wants to do it. Yeah. And he does. And she kind of gives him a little shove. And he's like, all right, I'll sing with you. Yeah. And then he cut, puts his arm around me. I give him a mic and we both sing. Wow. You know. That's treasure. That is. It's insane. Treasure. I'm like, this is, is the greatest day ever. <laughs> and everybody's singing along. We put our hands up. And, and that's how we ended the party. And, you know, yeah. wow. So that song and that memory will always, stay. you know, I, I don't end the parties with that anymore. You know, I just. You know, they kind of, we, we do different things. You can't. But just that one time, because yeah. you can't talk. You know, this no. is awesome. No, man, I, I mean, I love the show and, and you know, Y2 and Shuffle. And, and it's the connections that come around, how we get to know each other through music. And, you know, the fact that Eric B and Rakim, I was in Boston when, uh, you know, thinking of a master. And I heard that in 80, 88. It must have been 88, yep. 87. And, um and I'm just like, and Colors was out, and I'd never been to LA in my life, you know? So you bring that, <laughs> and it, there's a connection there. And the fact that I was living in Boston, and I used to go to the Bull and the Finch, which is the bar that Cheers is based on, and hang out. Wow. 
it's so great to connect musically. Yeah. Oh, it is right, yeah. and that's that's how I made some of my best friends. Like we talk about music because that's what I one of the first opening pieces when I talk to anybody, whether it being like a girl or a guy or the gay. So you know, yeah. let me guess. You know, let me. I try to guess. You know, you know, if you like, you know, songs or genres, and you know, so we. Uh, music is the binding force. The uni- the, the universal language, yeah, for sure. It is. It one hundred percent is. This has been really cool, really cool. All right, let's hop on over and play our favorite Y-Tune Shuffle game, Band Name or Bar Name. It's time again for the Y-Tune Shuffle original game show. Is it the name of the bar or is it the name of the band? Jimmy G, you're going to be playing Maggie Mayfield today as we travel to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where I've researched all week long for about an hour the names of different local bands and the names of different local clubs bars and other musical venues. And now what you're going to have to do, I'm going to read you both of the names. One will be the name of the band, the other will be the name of the bar. Your job is which one is the bar and which one is the band. Understand? Got it. So we're in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I say, hey guys, what a great show. Let's go get some craft cocktails over at Mixtape because guess who's playing? The Players Club are playing at Mixtape. Or I could say, hey, you guys, you want to go get some drinks at the Players Club? Because Mixtape is playing at the Players Club. So the two names are Mixtape and Players Club. Which is the band and which is the bar? Mixtape or Players Club? You know what? Pittsburgh, they're not sophisticated. The Players Club is a, is a place. It's a, play, it's a club. Yeah. Players Club is the place. And mixtape is the place. The band. Is the the band. That's what I would okay. guess, but I, I don't know. Do we agree here, well, Jimmy? You find yourself in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania at 4907 Penn <clears throat> Avenue. You would be sitting in the lovely bar of mixtape. Stop it. No. Wow. Demonstrating <laughs> an unparalleled level of energy and professionalism, the Players Club plows through a constantly evolving song list with nonstop DJ style sets and an exhilarating lighting and sound production. Mm. Uh, the Players Club cherishes the opportunity to create beautiful memories for everybody through their music. So I'm sorry, oh. you guys, I, I duped you on that one, but thank you for playing the game. Jimmy G, your <laughs> job is to take us anywhere next week for next week's guest, anywhere in the world, any city or town, you pick it and I'm gonna find band names and bar names so we can play in your honor next week's episode of Banding the Bar. L.A. would be way easy. <laughs> but well, you, get, you, you get local bands, right? Le- yep, local local bands and local bars. Uh, all right, oh, Palm Springs. Palm Springs it is. I was hoping you were going to say that because we've never been to Palm Springs for Band Name or Bar Name. Thanks for playing. <laughs> yep. Jimmy, all thinking right. hard, what is, Thank you. what is the memory of your very first concert? My very first concert was epic. <laughs> it was Guns N' Roses. Wow. And Metallica. Wow. <laughs> Who'd you In go LA? with? Yeah. Um, my cousin. And Andrew Dice Clay was the MC. I remember that. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Wow, what a show. Where was it? At the bowl or the uh, I believe it was at the Dodger Stadium? Forum or something like that. Yeah. I don't exactly remember. Wow. But I think it's the forum. Uh, but yeah, that was my very first concert ever. Were you like, or was it the Coliseum? I don't remember. 
doesn't matter. But I remember who it was. Yeah. Were you, uh, d- d- were you old enough to drive? No, no, I didn't drive. My cousin drove. Okay. So that's why, yeah, I didn't, you know, I was just kind of like, oh, cool. We're going somewhere. I don't know. We're going to go see Metallica and Guns N' Roses. This is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's right now the music. Like, I don't know like that, that lineup, Metallica and Guns N' Roses. And I mean, Andrew Dice Clay. Yep. That's what I was going to say. Andrew, the Dice Man. Yeah. <laughs> Hickory, Hickory, Doc. <laughs> hey, trust me, I know all those nursery rhymes, like all of them. I would quote that stuff verbatim in like junior high school. Yeah. Oh my God. At lunchtime, I would finish my lunch and then do his stand-up routine. Or Eddie Murphy it was just insane. But yeah, I'm a Andrew Dice Clay was a huge. I was a huge fan. I ended yeah. up meeting him later in life too, and I was just like, oh my God. I see the picture of me with Andrew Dice Clay, and it's like I'm a little kid. <laughs> I just see the little kid face come out of me. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my god, I'm a dice. This is awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, what about um the last live music you saw? See, that's the hard one. It's harder to get for me to get out because you know, I DJ a lot. You know, I haven't been to Coachella in like a million years. It'll so be another million before last... <laughs> yeah. I think the last show I saw to be honest, it was, uh, it was a long time ago. So it was probably uh, Rage Against the Machine with uh, System of Down, like at an OzFest or something like that. That's a rad lineup. With awesome. Ozzy Osbourne. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. And you're yeah. Dan. Are I you, are you a mosh guy? Are you like down in the pit? Totally. Good. Totally. Good. Yeah, I have a crazy story about that. There's a Rage Against the Machine has a song called Sleep Now in the Fire. Mm-hmm. And when that song came on, I mean, that, it's such an, a crazy adrenaline rush song that when you hear it, when the guitarist drops, it's just insanity uh, that we all just start going crazy. And there's already a big bonfire going in the middle of this, like, mosh pit. What? I would say the fire is probably about, I don't know, 10 feet high, the, the fire. Yeah. And, but then as that people start throwing their shirts and throwing everything into the fire, making it way bigger. So I would say the fire was probably, I don't know, 20 feet high when that song came on. And then people are, it's like a sea, an ocean of people just moshing around this big old fire. And I got close to it and I actually fell in. I fell in for, and I'm dripping with sweat. I'm just like, there's no dry areas on my body. Because you're surrounded by bodies and you're just running in this mosh pit and you're getting tossed around. and It's insane. I fell in with some guy. Just I crashed into this guy. He's like twice the size of me. I fall in. I have like four dudes come and grab me. Yeah. Like right away. And I'm good. You know, my hair's on fire because my hair is soaking wet. My back is soaking wet because I'm just sweating. But I felt, and I go, and it was like the greatest thing. I like, I'm okay. And they're like, all right. And we just keep going. <laughs> and it was just like the greatest moment because I like, I, the song is called Sleep Now in the Fire. And I slept in the fire briefly, you know, it was just kind of wow. like, wow. Wow. <laughs> what a crazy story. I'm yeah. glad you're okay. I just had so much adrenaline. I guess I didn't feel it, you know, and even later. Yeah. Just, and I, I love that yeah. in, in the mosh pit, there is that empathy that always exists. Like when you're yes. I, I a lot of slam dancing in the late eighties, early nineties and, and moshing with like Johnny Relight was on the show a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. when those guys would play. And, um, 
And yeah, there was always that limit, that level where you can get your teeth knocked out. But if people yeah. up, there's there's an empathy in in mosh pits. Most of them. Yeah, there's rules. There's rules. There's if somebody rules. falls, we all pick them up. Yeah. Nobody stays in the fire longer than two and a half seconds. <laughs> That's right. We're quick. They saw me do it. It's like boom. It's like whoa. What a crazy awesome. story. Can't thank you enough, Jimmy G, for being on this show. Where do we find you? What's your corner of the internet? How do we come see you perform? And how do we keep up with everything that you're up to? What's your corner of the internet? Um, I, I was revamping my website. So I'm like kind of still doing that. So, you know, it's under construction because I'm doing, now that I have uh, time, you know, under this quarantine, and I'm revamping that. So, you know, there's nothing really to see there right now. But you can find me on Instagram, you know. Uh, it is, I don't know what my handle is. Is it no one better DJ? I think that's what it is. Yeah, I'll put a link to um, it. What's your karaoke I'm sorry? company? Your karaoke company. Oh, we're, it's called uh, No One Better Entertainment. You know, we DJ and karaoke services, yeah. I'll make sure I put links on that. Yeah, I've been DJing longer than I did karaoke. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. You're a lot of fun. You you are the party. You bring the party. <laughs> if there was no music, it would still be a party <laughs> for sure. Thank you, Jimmy G. Really, Thanks, really, really I appreciate, appreciate this. Thanks for having me on. So, see you after the quarantine. A lot of fun. Live and in person. I, I want to, yeah. Yes, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I want to hang out. Yeah, that'd be great. Cool, man. David Earl Waterman, a.k.a. Please. Hollywood Secret Weapon. Thank you for being the best co-host ever. Thank you for spending your quarantine yeah. with us. I've been Maggie Mayfield. And if you haven't already, please like, subscribe, and share. We're on all the socials at YTunes. Thank you so much for listening.